It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. One of my students recently asked me to review an article from Juliet Lara that's titled, Does Your Team Have Team Agreements? It was published on August 25th, so not too long ago, Uh, but I thought I'd just elaborate on where she took this because I think I really liked where she went with this. So she says, have your, has your team ever heard of a team working agreement? Uh, if you've been working on an Agile team, chances are your team has created them during the formation of the project and the formation of the Scrum teams. They're probably posted on a wall in your team's shared space. If you work face-to-face or on a wiki somewhere, if you don't. If you're in a remote team, they're saved in some type of file sharing system. But the team working agreement is a very good idea. But often, that's just what happens to them. They remain just a good idea. File, pasted on a wall, forgotten, not acknowledged, not used, etc. I think that the number one reason that these agreements fail is because people either A, don't take the time to do them, which is one good reason for things to fail, or or they simply... They do them and then they put them away and say, hey, that's great. We went through the motions. That was fun. And they're not upholding or trying to do anything differently. So I think the first thing we need to get across to the team is why we go through the motions of creating the team agreement to begin with. The truth is teams all want to be part of a high standard, high quality producing team that produces high quality products and services. Team agreements are a great way to create high quality standard that the team can operate on. They also serve kind of like a bit of a formula for executing specific activities within the group, like meetings and things, etc. So having a formula reduces or removes guesswork, eliminates team members making assumptions, essentially creating a common language and pattern of execution for each team member that they can easily follow. This is good. So that begs the question, and this is probably one of the number one questions I get about team working agreements. What is usually found in a team agreement? Well... Team agreements touch on team behavior, communication, coding practices, meeting etiquette, the definition of ready, definition of done, and there could be more. So so let's let's walk through some of these, because I think if we walk through some of these, it's going to give you a better idea. So uh, meeting standards. We all agree to start our stand-ups on time, despite who turns up. The stand-up happens. We agree to send meeting invites with a clear purpose. And we'll read slash send any background information needed before turning up to the meeting. Uh, We agree to respect each other's time. If we don't have to be in a meeting, we won't be there. Uh, I think those are real good standards, right? What about quality standards? Uh, We're not going to commit to stories that have not been clearly refined. Uh, And we understand uh, development, design, test, etc. We size stories as a group, not as individuals. So... And the team collectively t-shirt sizes. We do not work on stories that have not met our definition of ready with the definition of ready clearly laid out. What I can tell you is that these are all smart goals. These are all things that everyone should be doing. When it comes to coding standard, we won't commit code on a main branch unless it's been peer reviewed and has met our, our team definition of done. I love it. Team behavior. We agree to treat each other with dignity and respect. We agree to be open and honest and transparent and use radical candor. We agree that we'll always seek help to clarify any areas that we're uncertain about and know that it's safe to do so without judgment. These are all great, right? 
But you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, these all sound like amazing things. So, so why does it fail? What do we need to do different or better? Why? I mean, these things all sound like they're right on top. The first main reason I've seen why these things fail, sometimes we make them overly complicated. Uh, well-meaning teams tend to overexhaust and complicate their team agreements. It's not a surprise that team agreements are usually created at the beginning of a project while the teams are still forming. And the result is that no one bothers to read them once they're finished and everyone forgets about it altogether once they're done. So to begin with team agreements, you have to understand certain scenarios will be unknown to you and your team and things are going to change and that's okay. Keep it simple for now. You don't have to think of every single scenario. The team agreement will continue to evolve uh, like a kata. It's, it's one of those things that once you get it, you know, anything that changes, we need to make sure we're addressing and I think that uh, as soon as we understand that, that we can continue to update our plan so that we know how to handle things when they come up next time so we don't make the same mistakes again. For example, uh, a definition already with an evolving definition that the team has started with or, and then later edited or refined. At the beginning of the project, definition of ready stories must be reviewed and refined. Uh, later in the project is... Uh, we must have already uh, we must already have mock design flows attached to every story in order for it to be acceptable. These are things that you don't know when you first start, but then as you go, you're like, oh yeah, that would be a much better idea, and it's okay for us to update. Okay, here's another reason why they fail: no ownership. Uh, team agreements often fail because there's no sense of shared ownership. I've seen team agreements where the stakeholder or the leader or the boss creates the team agreement and the team doesn't even it's a team agreement not a boss agreement but it's funny because if they don't have buy-in and they don't have ownership even if they create it themselves if they don't have ownership and buy-in it's gonna serve it's gonna serve to create common language and and save and and cause the team to fall back into bad habits if they're not doing the right thing so the key here is to create something that saves you from falling back into those bad habits, that helps you do better. So the team agreed that everything must, or that every story must be reviewed before committing them to sprint planning. Yet for the current sprint planning, you're seeing stories that do not look like they've been reviewed. You now have the language to say, we've all agreed that we, don't that we, that we do not refine stories here in sprint planning. Uh, these stories need to go back through the refinement session first before we take them up. And uh, can we go through the stories that have been refined first to save everyone's time and energy today? In this example, a team agreement allows to, the team to be empowered by calling out the bad practice uh, and still causing value and showing that we're saving time and energy. Okay. Another is forgotten team agreements. Along with many things you do as a, on your Scrum calendar, team agreements can feel like just another thing that adds to the list. So the team tends to shove it aside because they don't want to talk about it. Right? They just, we don't talk anymore. So I guess the big overarching question now that I've gotten through that, is there anything else you could do to add value to your team agreements? Right? Well, of course there is. You can uh, be an advocate for having a team agreement or for following a team agreement. Uh, make sure the team's aware that it exists. Uh, say your team has meeting etiquette, that the team agreement and uh, says you should always put background information in the email when inviting people to a meeting. Keep doing that. Live by that example and encourage others to do the same. Change happens in small steps, but most importantly, the change starts with you. So if you're a good Scrum Master or Agile coach, you need to start with that change. 
next you have uh, be a sticker for quality, which is really interesting. Many teams, uh, I said sticker, it says stickler, that's funny. Be a stickler for quality. Don't don't settle for second best. Don't settle for stuff that's just a pseudo-agile or a quasi-agile setting. Uh, many teams I meet use agile as an excuse for their lousy team quality and behavior. Yay! I like you, Juliet. Uh it says their excuses can range from using pseudo-mixed version of Agile so the rules don't apply to them, or they're a victim of a dire circumstance beyond their control, and uh, or they assume everyone should know what they're doing in the first place, so why bother? Regardless of their poor excuses, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, and this is true all the time. It is. Most of the teams don't deliver what they promise, and their execution is poor, and they have no quality in their work. Those are all symptoms that cause the next. So the only way out of this uh, is not to preach Agile, but to make sure they understand the importance of having a quality management system, to make sure they understand the importance of having something in place that's going to help them execute better and handy having handy tools to remind them of what they have, you know, kind of like team agreements. Hey, I went there. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, I know I did. Uh, if you enjoyed this article in this episode, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. Learn more at AgileDad.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hope you have an amazing week, and as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.